I know it. it it's not one that's on my you know, regular playlist. Well, my parents were children of the 50s. Yeah. Uh, we heard this a lot. Okay. King of the Road, Roger Miller kicking us off yeah. here. Next new episode of The Soccer Dad Pod. Um, really stoked for today's episode. Um, kind of the first, not that the previous guests weren't real guests because they're kind of part of our circle, so they're kind of realistically going to be around often. Uh, but today, he will not be around often, but when we do get him, it'll be fun. Agreed. Um, really looking forward to bring him in. Um, we are on a Monday uh, here in the STL. Um, we had to change location simply because um, not much is open downtown on Mondays, including our favorite well-spent brewery over on Olive Boulevard. Uh, so here we are at what I would consider the new mecca of soccer in this city. Like the new old school mecca, because now Centene Stadium is the new official mecca. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A um, little bit of a different budget. I mean, I remember building this place out over the past 15 years. Um, they didn't have rent-a-car money. No. They uh, sold a couple barrels of bush every now and then, and we would do a little improvement. Sell a little more beer, do a little more improvement. Um, but for those of you that are wondering, we are at the illustrious Amsterdam Tavern on South Morgan Ford. Um, Zach, you've been here. You've been. I have. You've, you've been. You, you met me one one time with me. I've met you once here, but I've been here many times. And my first actual El Clasico was here. Oh, really? Twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen? Um, actually, it's twenty sixteen because it was right after we had been to Spain. So Grady got to train in Barca for ten days, and then I kind of became a huge Barca fan after that. And yeah. the first time I came to to Amsterdam was. El Clasico 2016. Yeah, you, there's, um, this is just one of those places, um, really anywhere in the country, you know, because I, I, as I mentioned before, lived in Chicago for a long time, have been to most major metropolitan cities here in the country, uh, chasing down a soccer game on a random weekend. Yep. Um, been to a lot of pubs um, that claim uh, to be soccer pubs. Uh, they're all secondary. <laughs> This, yeah. this this place is special. And if you haven't been, if you are a soccer fan, assuming that you are to some degree in some form or, or, or other, uh, if you haven't been to Amsterdam De Tavern, um, you have to. You really have to. Um, f they opened in, shoot, I want to say 08. It was a World Cup year. Does that sound right? No. 06? Six would be. It's been a long time. We were building a house right around the corner, and the World Cup was going on at the same time. No, it's see, twenty sixteen. See the, again, I'm going to go back to the statistician. No, um, I'm sorry. We are, uh, you know, we need somebody to to clarify here. So all and our guests just showed up. 2010 or 2006 fun. would have been. I don't know. We could throw them we'll, on. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it we're out. Live? We're live. Uh, we're, we're recording. 
<laughs> so um, anyway, we were building the house right around the corner and we would start at five in the morning so that we could make it over here for noon, one o'clock games. And um, out of the gate, the, you know, when this place first opened, it literally was a 12 by 30, 40 foot room. And that was about it. Um, and today on a given derby day, you come through the bar into the back and you're going to be welcomed by three, 400 people. Easily. With about two dozen screens yeah, throughout the, the establishment. and TVs everywhere, volume on, uh, kits galore. Um, <clears throat> you know, educated public, questionable, but enthusiastic one. Well, yes. it's like, so last weekend, uh, English Premier League had their fan fest going on in Philadelphia. Yeah. 14,000 fans wearing all different kits. Yeah. This is a microcosm of that every single Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Go ahead, guys. Throw the headphones on. There we go. Jumping right in, huh? Look Love at that. It. Can you hear me all right? Sound good? Your shiny new toy. Yeah, you like it, right? You, you've, seen, you've been around some of our stuff. This is a new toy, right? You got all these buttons and faders and knobs all glow in the dark. Looks professional. It it's look very intimidating to Chire. Yeah, he, he kind of was like, whoa, I didn't think we were doing that. I'm like, well, what did you think we were doing? Holding up cell phones? <laughs> you know, there's a more efficient way to do that. He would have preferred cups and strings, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Gram- yeah, but like, yeah. A, like a gramophone. Yeah, paid for with cash. <laughs> this is no mom pod podcast. Here. No. This is, this no. No, fake it. A lot going on here. It's like very impressive. It's like three hundred dollar boots in neon orange and yellow. You know, you they gotta look good first. Right? Got to look the part. Totally agree. So for those of you that are listening, that know us, that are around us, that have kids that play with our kids and have been in the the 314 uh, area code for a long time around the game, you probably already recognize the voice, but... um, Nasal voice. Nasal voice. (laughs) The nasal voice. Uh, Super, super excited to have him on. I actually have the privilege of also calling him neighbor. That's right. We uh, live in this little lollipop dreamland in Webster. About six houses up. Yeah. And uh, our guest was uh, g- grew up here in the area. Um, well, had, not, not, not the south side here. No. North. I mean, like within driving so distance. Let's go right to it. North versus south. I mean, this is I'm east. St. Louis soccer <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> It's St. Louis metropolitan area. It's really about the MSA. <laughs> it always goes back to north versus south. Okay, so we're going to, you know what, we're going to keep this going before we drop the name. Uh, north. Where exactly on the north side? Well, I was northwest. I was uh, Bridgeton, oh. Maryland Heights area. St. Blaze. St. Blaze. So true North County people, players, they call me a West County boy. Yeah, oh, that's right. So, if, but, so you're not really NOCO. You're kind of like... West side. I'm right by the airport. I mean, but, you know, we kicked it at Laramore Park and Coke Park and Shell Park. You know, I played for for the Plumbers Soccer Club. Oh, did did you really? Great. So, you know. (laughs) Okay, let's keep this going. You played for the Plumbers, and then after the Plumbers, you played for? Gallagher. Gallagher. Been there ever since. What, What year did you start at Gallagher? As a player. Four, I was U14, so I'd say that was like 1982. 
Okay, now see these these clues are piling up, people. Mm. Uh, you played Gallagher. Where'd you play high school ball? Did you play high school? CBC. Ball? Oh God. <laughs> you know, well, I I had the I had the winning goal in the state final. <laughs> oh. But. But it was called back because it really didn't. We wasn't. could just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Many people in St. Louis call an own goal a godat. Oh. So oh. I had the winning goal for Aquinas oh. in the state oh, I final. Got it. That's not good. Wow. Mm-mm, that was a tough one. But that's okay, though. Well, you kind of gave away part of the, mm. the, the full name. Who here, am I? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Uh, after CBC, you uh, extended your career and played at IU. Went to IU. And 86 to 90 at IU. Had a few good years there, didn't you? We did. Um, 88, national title year, 89, Final Four. Kind of went south. We went, we went, went national title 88, my sophomore year, mm-hmm. Final Four, junior year, senior year, Final Eight. So the pinnacle was oh. there that sophomore year. Poor Godad. But it was a good run. <laughs> the one, in 90, did you have Van Buskirk there at that time? We did. He was a freshman. I was a senior. Yep. Yep. Buzzy. Yeah. Great player. Went on, um, went on to play in Germany. Okay, so post post IU. Now we're talking ninety. Okay. Yeah, ninety 91. right there. Ninety ninety one. No MLS. You know, not till yeah ninety three four. I think World Cup ninety four. They used that money. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think the inaugural year was it was it was it's it ninety four. Was it ninety four? It was it was for okay. the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. So there was a gap there with no professional outdoor soccer really in the United States when I came out. So we just went indoor. So I played for the Storm, uh, St. Louis Storm. Don Popovich. I made it about six months. <laughs> <laughs> Too many godats. He uh, he had me on per diem. Uh, I, I started on the second string, second shift at right back. All right. But he wouldn't sign me to a contract because I had surgery a few years back. Got it. And I was only a per diem player. What was, did a, per, the, what was a per diem thir- back then? 35 bucks. Damn. Wow. So I did that as long as I could. I was delivering pizzas and doing some things uh, for cash on the side, trying to yeah. survive, and decided uh, to get a real job. So I got a job with Kraft Foods in Springfield, Illinois. It was my first real adventure into the real world. And, uh, of course, I had to be a soccer guy. Yeah. And, and I was the uh, Lincoln Land Community College assistant coach when I was up there selling cheese and junior yeah. college assistant coach. And that was my first venture. Had a little, little club team, little U10 team sponsored by Fud Ruckers. Was that, was that your first time at, with a, engaging in a youth team? Yep. Yep. First did, adventure did you, there. Did you choose, did you want to coach you? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I was a coach from the get go. I, I, I did some coaching at, well, I was in Bloomington a little bit too, helping out with some, some local there. So I tipped my toe in the water early on yeah. uh, while I was a player, but yeah, the lack of professional, you know, platform, so to speak, when I came out, forced me right into coaching and been there ever since. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then that year was roughly 94, 95 was your yep. first youth team? Yeah, I'd say around there. And then 
And then I uh, went to Lawrence, Kansas uh, with Kraft. Kraft transferred me to Lawrence, Kansas, and then I uh, started with the Lawrence Select Soccer Club. Um, per diem was a little bit better. Yep, a little Kraft. bit better. Did that. Um, then moved to Kansas City. Did, some, did, did a lot of coaching in Kansas City. Um, then Madison, Wisconsin. Did a little stunt up there. And then back to St. Louis in 99. Um, and then I got back on with Gallagher and been there ever since. Here well, we go. That's a perfect place for us to go ahead and take a heat uh, required water break because our guest has nothing to drink. No, I've yeah, been, I'm thirsty. I'm extremely. I mean, and we're at my this. favorite spot. I mean, I, this place is. Well, that's what we let in with. Like, I mean, you know, we've been doing it at Well Spent and. Um, doing it here it's like i kind of feel bad because i'm, I'm obviously i'm tight with these guys i've mm-hmm. been from day one for this to be the first one it's too late like we should have been in amsterdam a long time ago <laughs> to show respect yeah to these guys i'm glad um, i'm here well you've you know you you've been around in and out from the early days when sure do, do you remember when it was one room oh yeah um, matt stelzers he still own this place yeah yeah he uh um, Can we mention his name? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, him, him and him and Rob. Nice if he brought us a free beer right now. Well, he's uh, he's a typical owner. He's he's a, he's a absentee landlord. You know, one of those mm-hmm. guys these days. Actually, he's more concerned with the uh, food next door. He's they're rolling out new food, donut oh, yeah. bobs, and everything. So gotcha. You know, I think after shit for that family, you know, forty, fifty years of being in and around soccer, he's just like. Been there, done it, seen it. This place is this place is vintage now, though. It is back back when it first started. You know that was when, you know, I was with AC St. Louis and Athletica and right. trying to get things rolling there from a professional soccer standpoint. And these guys were heavily involved. Well, they I did a lot with these with the Amsterdam Tavern. Well, wow. I remember probably well every single iteration of pro team. Mm-hmm. Um, either out at soccer park or attempts to bring an MLS, there was not a meet and greet slash right. fundraiser that didn't occur here. Right. And we had a bus that came out of here on game day. Yeah. Yeah. You totally. could come here, get a, get a beer deal and yeah. take, jump on the bus, go to the AC St. Louis game and yeah. come back. Well, here's what we do. Uh, whistle real quick. We're going to get some uh, water break and the magic of post-production. We'll be right back in literally two seconds. See, I'm so pro. It's amazing. We got some faded music there, Kenny. Very professional. You like that? And we have to talk so you don't get... No, no, you got to talk over the top. Oh, you heard that? So you don't get fined. Well, they'll just kind of flag it, and then all the good conversation goes away. So a little little preview here. Uh, Obviously, you saw that. Name the band. Is this one of your obscure friends? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It's also Nirvana. Oh. Huh. Did, they, did they play Nirvana on Cation? I'm little, not sure. That's a little <laughs> yeah. Ken would know. There. Okay. <laughs> you didn't like my the Manus Brothers? Man, they kill it. That, that's a B-sider there. Um, <laughs> I was thinking more like Bob Marley or something like that, or maybe some you Grateful are, Dead. Yeah, you are a Marley fan, aren't you? Maybe Ripple or something could be my walk-up song. <laughs> well, I mean, you should have texted me. I was going to play uh, Bill from Billings. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bill has taken over my life. Yeah, there's my, a, new, my new dog. Yeah, the, you know, I, I'll give the que- I'll give 
my version of your dog intro, just the short, sweet part. Saw you walk around the neighborhood with the dog. At first, I was like, what the hell is on Ken's leash? That what, is that, what is that little, what is that? What is that like, little wimpy thing? He's, he's is that like, a gerbil? It's like walking a ferret. He's the king of what the neighborhood, though. And he did it again, and then you know, walks up, and we see that it is a chihuahua. And he's like, hey, got a new dog. This is my dog, Bill. And we're like... Love the name. And then about two, a week later, you came by and you're like, hey, did you meet my new dog, Bill? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we met him. <laughs> he's <laughs> he, he's but, definitely taken over my life. Six-year-old, right? Six-year-old, yep. Six he, he was originally a stray from Billings, Montana. Yeah, <laughs> my my uh, friend's son uh, got him as a stray from Billings. That's why he's Bill. So um, <laughs> and he went from there to his farm and then to his mom and then to me so i'm his how fourth I, I got owner. a question how did uh build a chihuahua do on the farm i don't think very well i think that's why i have yeah him. i think he got um he got in a lot of fights he got in a fight friday at the park really yeah in webster yeah in ours yeah that that uh, hawthorne house that park behind there oh yeah, oh, yeah. southwest or something uh yeah got nice. a fight with another little chihuahua bit him underneath the armpit so he's laid up right now. He got bit or did the biting? Yeah, he, he, uh, he got bit. Oh man, I thought he was. Th- I thought like he, Montana he Chihuahuas were like ranchers and he, shit. He held his own. Yeah, yeah. We we both departed quick. Like grabbed our dogs and got out of there. So I didn't even notice Bill was bit till we got home. Oh really? Yeah, he was licking it, and so who knows what the other dog really looks like. <laughs> so okay, so was the opposing uh parent a soccer dad, mom, neutral? I'm not softball sure. player. It was a yeah, it was a mom. She was playing frisbee with with mm. with it with her chihuahua in the park and you know, Bill Bill was wagging his tail. I thought he was going to be friendly, you know, another <laughs> chihuahua, friends. Nope. Not, not good, <laughs> Bill. Bill needs some uh, socialization, huh? Yeah, so that's pretty much my life right now, Bill. Bill, Bill, and approximately, uh, what would you say, 3,000 young uh, aspiring yeah. football players? Yeah, got a bunch of good ones coming up. Good, good crops coming up. So, so you know, let's let's just jump right into the deep. Let's end. go. One of the main reasons I wanted you on because, um, you know, in our an uh, astounding amount of wasted time standing around soccer fields, us soccer dads talk about all kinds of theories of St. Louis soccer, right? Uh-huh. And your name comes up probably more times than you would even imagine. Oh. Um, it's true. Very true. In in a, in a in an extremely endearing way, I would say. Um, Hopefully, uh, you know, because obviously you you know all of our boys. Uh, you, you've uh, you've been there long yep. before we were around. You saw us come into the picture. You've seen where they've uh, landed. Yep. Um, that that rise to the top within the age groups, right? Sure. Um, and we talk about uh, Scott Gallagher in particular and its role within the. <clears throat> youth soccer community in the St. Louis area. Yep. And, you know, it's it's no secret. None of the other clubs will deny it, can deny it. They can argue it all they want, but there is clear-cut superiority over the long run that lands at in Fenton. Um, and where you come into the conversation is we believe, I believe in particular, and Zach, I think, would concur, you, you, you are the common denominator from the get-go and uh so kudos to you first off thank you um because we we started speculating i think it was last time we talked zach of uh 
you know, how many how many college players has Ken touched? How many pro players has he, mm-hmm. you know, seen and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, chime in here, Zach. So I think one of the things we were talking about is if we ever get the money to get a st- statistician, we'll, we'll get that out. <laughs> on the yeah, podcast, yeah, you need a Google, and, and Google guy. Yeah, we need all that, all that money. You know, this we got to get the sponsorship money. But you know, I, I got a, a note from Jared Bertrand. Uh, wanted me to thank you personally oh. for the development of of his son and and mine as well. And it's not just the the attention to the foot skills, but it's also just a, a philosophy that you preached very early on, not just to the kids but to the parents. And if you've listened to this podcast, we've talked a couple times about decorum uh, by players and parents on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And for me, as a coach coming into your program, um, I had to learn how to act. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm, still, yeah. I'm still learning, uh, if you ask my I, wife I think uh, you, or I th- friends. Yeah, but. I think your million-dollar idea is not actually coaching Ken, but it's writing a book illustrating what parents should not do. Well, I, was, that was, I mean, I have a, a whole series of questions for you, Ken. Oh. Um, some of them are deep. Just okay. kidding. None of them are real deep. But some of them do revolve around how you got to the point where you were able to communicate to players and to their parents, this is our expectation. Mm-hmm. And this is how you act as a parent. And it doesn't really matter if it's elite level down to, you know, rec league soccer or peewee league basketball the concepts are still there and i think we're missing a lot of that in fact you know jb has lamented many times about you know going to different types of of sporting events and hearing the vitriol and the loudness and just the brash Mm -hmm. idiocy of some people and it's not it really doesn't matter what elite down the bottom so how did you come to the place where you were thinking you know what i think i can have an impact here first off on the player side Meaning, mm-hmm. what was your vision behind soccer school and mm-hmm. instilling that kind of individual player development? Um, so that's kind of question one. Part two of that would be, how did you then take that elite training and push it over onto the parent side? Mm-hmm. Can you talk through that a little bit? Yeah, just a lot of parent meetings and you know now it's Zoom calls and just trying to explain from a big picture perspective what they're walking into, you know, because they don't know. Some of them know, some of them don't know, but the ones that, that know the veteran parents, you know, we, we, now we're, we're kind of blessed because, you know, we're cycling through these generations and now there's two, three, four, five alumni on the sideline or within the parent group of the team. And that's massive because they've been there. Um, they understand the process. They understand you know, passing out of the back. <laughs> Building up from the back. Yeah, it's, it's a culture. Kick it is it's not a actually a strategy. Correct. Yeah. When you hear kick it farther, right. that's not what you're going for. So the culture now, um, you know, is, you know, it's it's been tested over time, and you get, you get these recycle alumni parents coming back, and and you know they teach the rest of the parents really to take a step back, calm down, 
let give give your kid the game. Let your kid you play should, the game. Well, yep. you should you should like in that book you write. You need to put a chapter towards uh, Jared Bertrand on uh, <laughs> the evolution of Jared. <laughs> yeah, you know where you just whiteboard. Here's the field in this far left corner there, where nobody Pacing. should be. That's where you should be. Yeah. <laughs> Pacing back and forth, getting a lot of fitness in. Well, you know, part of part of it was Jared with Jared because we we talk all the time about this. You know, having both of us both played the game, played the game at high levels. You know, when you do stand on the sideline. The, the instinct is to s- just cross boundaries that you shouldn't. That's your natural instinct mm-hmm. as a parent, as a, so- quote, soccer parent. You want to cross that line. But the club, over time, I, I think for parents that really respect what you guys do, the real trick for parents is to step as far back away from that line as possible and allow the process to run its course. Yep. Um, so what I what I wanted to like ask you about is, you know, f- from the from the get go with um, little ones over because you know you you said you did your first team in '95 and then you really got knee deep into it right around 2000. Yep. So you were basically saying 22 years of day in day out dealing with literally tens of thousands of youth players at this point. Talk about when you see it. And can you define what it is? Mm-hmm. You see it right away, it, um, in a player. Um, boy, o- over the years, it has changed. Um, now it's super aggressive little guy. You know, aggression is, is uh, very hard to teach. So somebody that's getting in, finding the ball, and they're athletic, you know, they can move fast, yeah. quick, strong, you know, and I'm talking about a, you know, seven-year-old kid. If you, you know, if you see an athletic, aggressive kid, you know, then, then I get excited because I know that, um, you know, our process, our curriculum will give them what they need technically, mm-hmm. um, you know, but teaching that aggression and athleticism is something that you you know you can you can refine athleticism. You can get them get them quicker and stronger, obviously, but you can't you can't improve it that much. So that athleticism is is, is they're born with that, and then then that aggressive mentality yeah. um, is very hard to teach. <laughs> the the kamikaze kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I get excited when I see. A super ag- aggressive athletic kid. Okay, and so so for a parent that is listening to this, which I'm sure that you know, thousands and thousands will listen to it because I mean we are really crushing it on the uh, sponsorship, especially in Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. We got a lot of listeners in Belgium, like four. Um, for the parents that are listening to this, and they're because everybody thinks that their little Johnny or Janie mm-hmm. is it, you know, um, what do you, what do you say to them that? For those that do have the child that has a little bit of it, what should they focus on? And for the rest of the other ninety nine percent, you know, how do you how do you comfort their expectations or or you know manage the expectation? Yeah, you know, technical work for you know you put that put that kid that has aggressive mentality and athleticism into you know the process. The technical work is what you know they need next. Right. Um, 
you know, and our philosophy is, and is to make it fun. It's got to be fun. If it's not fun, they're, they're going to quit. Um, they're not going to last. Um, you know, eventually they'll, they'll, they'll figure out that this, this isn't good if it's not fun. So ignite the player to love it, yeah. you know, inspire them, give them mentors, give them examples of kids that have made it, kids that are slightly older than them. You know, having guest players come come into the session, um, so they seize that mentorship. So ignite, inspire. You know, those are two huge pieces of ingredients that that that's needed. Um, and then just trust the process. It's you know, our curriculum has been around you know since since the seventies really. Right. Uh, it's evolved over time, and um, it's proven. So I just feel like, you know. Take a, take a step back. Let us let us do our thing with them technically and ignite them, and so so over the course of time, you get yourself a player. So for the for the for the, again the majority of the parents and and players that you know are are not the one percenters, right? Mm-hmm. Which is obviously the majority of all clubs. Yep. You know, it's all about like you know, just have fun. Um, what would you say to them, like? Uh, of the tenants of training specifically off the field away from Gallagher, Mm -hmm. what would you encourage them to have their children do uh, daily, every other day? You know, is it, is it juggling? Is it running? You know, Uh, you know, one or two things that you would say, if they do this, this will exponentially help them. Super sevens. Sure. (laughs) Um, Shifty sixes. We push dribbling uh, at the younger ages. We feel, um, it's very hard to teach creative dribbling and getting out of those tight spaces later. Mm-hmm. Um, so first step is typically dribbling, um, rolling the ball, pulling the ball. And I'm talking really young ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, bottom of the foot, rolling the ball, pulling the ball in the house with the small mini ball. You know, that, you know, those, the, that hand-eye coordination, those early years is essential. Um and you know get them with a good coach that you know a good program like gallagher that has you know a ton of technical programs that are fun you know technical work you know if it's not fun then you know it's it's, they're they're eventually going to stop so it's got to be fun that's why we create like zach mentioned the super seven which is really just a contest it's a fun contest to do to well they all want to be on instagram yeah that's right (laughs) yeah it creates hype and creates excitement around technical work so right um you know we have several of those showcase challenges we call them um that uh you know we've evolved from the super seven i think when when uh you know when when Grady was was coming through. You know, Super Seven was was the was the key one. It was. But now we have the Shifty Six yep. and the Filthy uh, Five. Yeah, I was and, right. Oh, oh, oh. You know, the Radical Rectangle. I mean, we've I gone on it. and on here. That's right. But it's uh, it's so funny because like, I, I've had three kids in the program. Um, one still in the program. Right. Uh, Keller, the oldest, was a late bloomer. Came into the game. And mm-hmm. it was kind of past a lot of the youth development because we did Webster Soccer Club. He was he was the music kid. Who yep. loves soccer? Yep, um, and just you know wasn't ready to commit the time, so none of that training touched him. Beckett in the middle came in with Shemitero and yep. Ju- Juventus, the young team, and Shamo. Yeah, and, and and we did some of the soccer schools, but probably nowhere near enough as we should have. Um, Beckett was just more of kind of a natural athlete playing other sports at the same time. 
Uh, so the extra practice or two a week, we, di- we didn't do that. So his shifty six super seven skills mm-hmm. were meh. <laughs> so well, that, that was going to lead me to my next question really was you, you talk about the it. Yeah. You said you could mm-hmm. kind of identify it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been surprised? A late bloomer surprise you for sure. Yeah. It happens all the time. Um, you know, somebody that just all of a sudden blossomed. Right. Um, yeah, I'd say there's always two or three a year. Yeah. Um, that, that surprise you. Um, you know, it's, and it's usually somebody that, um, all of a sudden it clicks, you know, all of a sudden, um, <laughs> or, things start to come together at, at a little bit older age than normal. And or, uh, like, puberty. wow, we missed it. We missed it on him. Yeah. Puberty, yeah, puberty kicks it's in. Equalizer kicks as well. In. Holy shit. So I want to yeah, take that, 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 that athleticism when the puberty kicks in, they all of a sudden they grow three, four, five inches. And, and well, you've probably seen it go the other way too, where a kid is it and they hit yeah, puberty. If they, if they, they don't have that little, mentality. Yeah. yeah. If there's somebody who has it, but you know, maybe they're, just don't have that that internal drive yeah. then they stop working on their own working on their own is huge uh we really push that um if, if you don't work on your own you're not you're not going to make it no matter what your natural talent so, is that's so so, so let me let me get your opinion because um i've had this conversation with a multitude of other uh parents uh that have younger children than mine that are their kids are now coming up into their own worlds and, and wanting to be soccer players etc and they ask me um, kind of unreasonable questions as far as like, you know, should my kid be at this level or that level or whatever? And my, my advice to them has always been go to a club that will train them properly, make sure they have a lot of fun. I said, but don't, I tell them don't stress out until puberty starts kicking because that is, in my opinion, that's always the balancing factor that if you have an athletic kid that likes the game, a lot of times, most of them. Uh, they they look the same, and I do agree with you. At a young age, you can see the kids that are like, they'll go, you know, chew the leather off the ball if you ask them. <laughs> You're yeah. like, I want that kid. Yep. Um, you know, t- talk about kind of. You know, that there's that early expectation where you're like, hey, trust the process as a little one, do the extra touches. Mm-hmm. But what about the expectation for parents when they get into that preteen uh, getting ready for high school? Because obviously families now have all these like undue uh, expectations about is my kid going to play high school is, you know, how, what would you say to parents that are dealing with the teenagers that have maybe even more unrealistic expectations? How do you manage that? Yeah, I think the kids kind of sort that out, what they want to do. If they want to play high school soccer, you know, then they'll go that route. And, you know, the the club, what the club scene looks like if you're playing high school soccer, you know, is a, you know, a six, six to nine month program as opposed to a 12 month program like an ECNL. Right. Um, so that platform kicks in for that player that wants to play high school soccer. I think the players choose that path. Now, the parents you know, try to guide them, but uh, players know where they are uh, at that age. They know, you know, that they've been around their peers enough to know, Hey, I'm at, I'm at this level or that level. They've had enough evaluations over the years where they understand their path. And I think they, I think they, they tell their parents the path um, more times than, than not at the, at the older age. Yeah. So I want to go in a different direction just for a second. Technical question. Technical. It might be boring for some, but I am very interested in understanding 
the journey a coach takes from I want to coach youth to I want to get my A license mm-hmm. because that's not something that we talk about very often. I don't think it's very well known. And so you hear a lot of commentary about, oh, that coach, we just have that coach coach our, our kids. So can you talk a little bit about the technical side of the coaching, the licensing, that journey? Because I think it actually has a major impact on the quality yeah. sometimes, not always, mm-hmm. but just can you walk us through some of that? Uh, well, and let me just add a quick layer. My question is similar in so much that specifically how does Gallagher because you, you, obviously you guys have a larger pool of mm-hmm. club coaches, that process, that path of coaching, training, and licensing, mm-hmm. uh, A, how does it work? Like uh, uh, Zach was uh, inqu- inquiring to, yeah. uh, and then how does the club use that process to an advantage? Yeah, the licensing, boy, it um, it's run by U.S. Soccer. Um, it, it's very time consuming to get your licenses. Um, you know, a typical license these days, um, you know, once you get w- through your, your first few, which I think it's called the grassroots now, maybe the F, once you get through those basic ones, once you get into the D and the C, you're talking about a big commitment. Um, you're talking three trips maybe to Chicago or Kansas City. Um, there are long weekends. You have homework assignments in between. Um, you're talking about a year-long process um, to get to get each one, um, and you just progress through the, the through the C, then the B, then the A, and then the, there's the DOC, and then there's the professional A. There's 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 a lot now, um, and they're expensive. You know, if you're if you're trying to get your B license, you're paying you know, thousands of dollars, and you need a sponsor to do that. Typically, your club would sponsor you and pay you pay your way. Um, you know, and that and those licenses they give you a really good structure. Um, you know, good foundation. Um, but you know, Gallagher, you know, we 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 view those licenses great. You know, credentials for our coaches, and we encourage it, and we do pay for. You know, a lot of coaches to get them. Um, you know, but you know, our style of play with Gallagher is is St. Louis soccer, which is super possession oriented, super technical. It's not um, it's not very popular um, style around the rest of the country. A lot of a lot of the, a lot of clubs are playing playing direct. Um, you know, not not focusing on technical work. And, you know, you'll see it, you'll see it in the, you know, you guys see it every day, every every day, every week, (laughs) um, where, you know, you get a player that's super athletic and, um, you know, is very effective, um, but, you know, can he get out of a tight space, you know, technically, um, no. Um, Of course, New York, California, Florida, Texas, there's hotbeds around just like St. Louis and, you know, the technical game is there and those, those hot pockets, but, um, you know, the pushing technical soccer is something that's embedded into, you know, Gallagher style of play. And so we push it you know, a lot more than other markets. And these the licenses, you know, don't don't push the technical work as much. Um, more tactical um, teaching and uh, trying to trying to groom a coach style. to be so tactical. To take, so to take what you just said. Mm-hmm. 
what I'm hearing is that the the licensure mm-hmm. is more table stakes, but the culture you guys have created at Gallagher supersedes the training you might receive on a on a stylistic approach from U.S. soccer. And I'm yeah. going to have to kind of go out on a limb here and say that it seems to be working okay, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. given that you know the the City Two played in the championship two weeks ago yep. against Columbus Crew 2. Mm-hmm. The stat I heard was 12% of the kids, kids, players on, on the pitch were Gallagher kids. Mm-hmm. In the second tier division of professional soccer yeah. in this country, over 10% of the ki- players came from this program. So can you talk it's about... Stat. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost as if it's like a mini golden age that's kind of uh, coming full circle again, because you know, uh, grow, obviously, all of us that grew up here, um, there's been waves of um, soccer dominance. You know, not only regionally but nationally, uh, with players from the St. Louis region. You know, going back to SLU University, etc. Yeah. Um, w- would you say, like, right now, you know, when you look at the the most recent MLS draft, <laughs> which was. I mean that that Another was a, that was the St. Louis who's who you know I mean what was that five or six of the top thirty that was a good moment you know I'm like I, I, that day I texted in fact I texted you that day I think my text to you was something like you must be a proud papa right you yeah. me- you remember that um, between that what is occurring within our backyard here with City and the and the academy players and the kids there and. And not and on the girls' side, the amount of uh, trophies that Petch and that whole crew that they keep putting in the trophy yeah. case. I mean, where would you rank the current generation of uh, St. Louis soccer in general, but Gallagher in particular, to past generations? Boy, we're hot right now. St. Louis is definitely hot. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think the momentum with the city coming is, you know, giving this town a, a spark for sure. Um, I think the talent's always been there, though, to answer your question. Um, boy, you look back at the Pat Noonans and Steve Ralston's and Taylor Twelman, Brad Davis, you know, um, it, that was pretty special back then. Jared Bertrand. Well. Jared Bertrand, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, I, uh, since, boy, well, St. Louis soccer <clears throat> has just been, it's just such an old tradition that I feel like it's been there, but right now it's hot, yeah. So, what well, do you think? I'm sorry, JB. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, now that you, you, you kind of cracked the seal a little bit on, on City coming in, you made the direct comment, mm-hmm. you know, versus passing it out of the back. Mm-hmm. From a vision standpoint, where do you see soccer in St. Louis going in the next five to ten years, given that there is a new player in town mm-hmm. and they have a sizable impact on at least desire and where people want to maybe go or mm-hmm. emulate um, and in, you're in a unique position. So mm-hmm. where do you see that? Plus, the World Cup's coming here in four years. Yep. So there's two big things happening in, in, a, in a short amount of time. Um, I would love just your perspective, because you've been here 22 years in this role. Mm-hmm. You've seen Tim Ream. You've seen Josh Sargent. You've seen Brad Davis. You've mm-hmm. seen these guys. What's next? Do you see that continuing to grow? Do you see it splintering, changing? What, what are your thoughts? I think it's going to continue to blossom and, and, you know, with, with, you know, the new stadium and professional practice facility and all the hype and 
I think it's going to just blow up even more. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, it's always been here because St. Louis soccer, you know, it's been, a, you know, a hotbed since the 50s. Right. You know, we saw the poster yeah. on the wall in the other room of the World Cup team. We we're just right. looking at it. So it's always been here in St. Louis, but to ignite it with this new MLS coming and, um, you know, just a whole, whole new level you know well, so i think it's just going to be like on steroids well i think too the one thing that i want extreme kudos to the club because i'm going to be a loyalist forever and actually this is really hard for me because growing up in granite city we were miller light we were elks right bush soccer club was like the evil empire so <laughs> it's very hard for me to number one put my kids in those jerseys and then over the years i've grown into it so i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a transformer at this point um but the one thing that i want to point out is uh, it's the numbers, okay? Mm-hmm. You have city has five five academy teams, I believe. Uh, uh, U twenty one, UPSL to seventeen, 19, 16, 17, 15. sixteen, fifteen. So six. Okay, and then they're adding four, uh, uh, fourteen. So that's seven with an average roster number of twenty, twenty two. So you're talking about one hundred and fifty kids, right? How many kids do you touch on a Saturday morning? Boy. Uh, Three, four, five hundred. I mean, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, you figure probably thousand. Yeah, right. That's the difference. In my opinion, because everybody's always debating. Oh my God, you know this is blowing everything up. They're not. They're not going to have that. You know, they can't make that overnight. You. You guys are the secret sauce. And which evident, you know, in any other clubs listening to this, you know, go ahead and email us at soccerdadpod at gmail.com <laughs> with any of your opinions you'd like. But the reality is, uh, most of these other clubs, the people that are running those clubs or training at those clubs, where'd they come from? Gallagher. Right? And then the kids, the styles, all of that stuff. You guys are kind of the funnel, you're the, you're the entryway to the freeway. You know, it's almost like people have to pay a toll, <laughs> you know? You, you want to be part of this, you got to pay the Gallagher toll. And I think it's well worth it. It's really where I was going with this. I, so. I also have a follow-up to that because it, you, you, you started off the top by saying when you came out, early 90s, there was no outdoor professional league until 1995. I looked it up, by the way. MLS was founded in 95. They didn't start playing until 96. Mm-hmm. So They used the World Cup money in 94 to yep. create the That's, league. Yeah. But, so back then, what was the draw for kids to want to be – a good soccer player. Right. Then, then late '90s, even early '90s, you had IU, you mm-hmm. had SLU. Talk about that rivalry a little bit of IU and SLU. We were at <laughs> the game last spring. That was the bloodiest contest I've ever seen. As a friendly, as a friendly, mm-hmm. and I think they're coming back yeah. uh, to do it again. Talk about how that rivalry, that those two programs, have also helped shape Gallagher or just soccer in general. Because we can talk about World Cup, we can talk about mm-hmm. all those other things, but I want to know from your perspective mm-hmm. as a Hoosier, yep. a real Hoosier, not a South City or a Granite City Hoosier as, as, as Mr. Well, Tyre was You're from Washington, so. <laughs> you notice I haven't brought that up yet. Uh, but yeah, to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, that's all there was. Um, is that was the pinnacle back back when I came out was was college soccer because, you know, like you said, there wasn't, wasn't the pro. But, Boy, slew IU, what a rivalry! I mean, there's, there's always four, five, six 
St. Louis players on Indiana. And, you know, so. Yeah, how do they get there? Do you know somebody over there? (laughs) I know a couple people over there. (laughs) (laughs) But. You know, to have five or six on on, on IU, and then they, when they play SLU, it's just it's just a massive game. But um, it's a very friendly rivalry, though. Um, we just had the you know fundraiser um, you know for Living Legacy, um, and you know I sat, I sat in the boardroom with uh, you know planning that game with 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 Kevin Kalish, and um, you know it, it was so friendly. It's him and Todd, or Todd, the coach of IU, or great friends and they they did it for a good cause and um so that's that's the beauty of the game right there is you take a heated rivalry and spin it into raising money for a good cause does that does that change if if uh slew became big 10 Oh, just ignite it, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I was Is that possible? That. No, I, 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 I know a guy. Well, let's. <laughs> no, hey, yeah, I, I, w- I want to jump on something here because um, uh, part of the. Uh, um, um, uh, focus group feedback is we have to be careful of how long these go. Mm. We 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 will definitely have you back for a part two. But yeah, let's go real quick before we have another uh, quote water break. <laughs> um, name drop real quick here of in the past your time frame. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about uh, your top three. The the it kids. Who are they? Where oh, are they? <laughs> oh yeah, you're on the spot. I'd say. You know, Beckett, Anderson, I think Brady Lewis, <laughs> and, you know, Birdie. Okay, well, then let's Here's go your beer. Let's, All let's, right. Let's go. Yeah, let's can, go. Can that's a tough one. Let's go four through six, then. No, I, I, I'm going I'm to refine that question can't. just a little bit. No, no, hold on. Hold oh, on. Go ahead. Yeah. Present company excluded. Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah, and think, you know, maybe post-high school level. So college, mm-hmm. pro, international, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Who do you look at? in all right now as a proud dad as a proud soccer dad slash coach your alum that are out there that who, who well i mean you gotta go josh Sargent. i mean yeah doing well one, yeah. right jerseys all over this place yeah. um boy uh you know ream obviously um boy number three is gonna be a tough one you know my 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 boss is Brett Davis uh, <laughs> didn't have anything to do with <laughs> developing him, um, but boy, like who who, mm, who should tough one number three would be tough. Okay, so most St. Louis uh, soccer parents know who Josh Sargent is. Mm-hmm. They know who Tim Ream is. Who, who just name another name that people should like? Hey, look this kid up. Follow him. Steve Ralston. Okay. Um, you know Pat Noonan. Help, help them out where they at right now. Boy, uh, Pat Noonan was just named um, head coach of FC Cincinnati. Right. Um, Steve Ralston, boy, he's probably the all-time assist leader in MLS history. That's awesome. Um, Did he just pass Brad Davis? Because Brad was up there. Those two, that'd be a good stat. Let's get our stat guy on that. We'll get that. We need a sponsor. We need a stat guy. Yeah, I got it. I'm Um, Right. Could be minutes played, Ralston. Davis might be assists. You might be right, Zach. Well, I, you know the way we settle this, we get them on, and you uh, co-host bring them in for us. Let's do it. All right, it's water break time. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Amsterdam Tavern. Uh, sorry, Matt, I'm not going to pay my tab. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, there it is. 
little fog hat. Little fog hat right on cue there. <laughs> and we're back. Quick water break. And this one was literally a quick one as opposed to the last one that was really not three seconds. That was more like five minutes. They don't know that. With a shot of powers. No, so just a quick stats update. Uh, it's amazing. Even I, I ran over to the library real quick. Uh did some research. <laughs> microfish. Yeah. Super quick. <laughs> Pulled up the microfish. Uh, so Steve Ralston is number two all-time MLS assist leader. Landon Donovan, number one, followed by number three, Brad Davis. Mm. So three. Two out of three. Two out of the top Send three assist leaders in MLS history came from this club. It's Toaster Raviolis. That's right. Uh, well, it, that or gooey butter cake. Yeah. All that horrible... You know what the more exciting thing is? Who, who's going to pop out as this next generation? Well, that's what I was going to ask like you. Your, about. your 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 kids' generation. I mean, you know, it's fu- it's it's surreal. I mean, uh, you know, we've we've been around the game our whole lives, right? You to a degree that most people can't fathom. Um, but watching what these kids are doing now, where they're playing, how they're training, who they're playing, um, you know, who's on the sidelines, and all this additional mental expectation, and you know, it's like. <laughs> I mean, we played on dirt patches, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> orange slices and vest soda was, you know, or uh, Stelzer always tells a story that whenever he was playing Loyola, you know, D1, they go on a uh, played a tournament. It was a four team tournament in Notre Dame was one of them. It was, it was literally called the McDonald's tournament. And what do you think was all of the culinary fare at this D1 high level tournament? McNuggets and orange drink. Double cheeseburgers, French fries. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, that would never happen. In today's world, not you know, not with the uh, diet and exercise and all these things. So, to your point, like it, when you look at what these kids are doing, and then you look at their size and you look at their speed, and you know, because they're 13, 14 years old, and we're staring to my eye at this point. What do you think about the next gen of player? You know, is it? Are they all Dolph Lundgrens, like <laughs> Ivan Drago? I, I'm excited about it. I, I mean, they're super creative. I mean, you know, look at your son's teams. Um, you know, look at players like, you know. Lorenzo. Lorenzo or Tyson Pierce or Grady Lewis. Yeah. You know, they're doing things with the ball that are that are unbelievable. Yeah. It's so all that. It's all that shifty six and super sevens. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they got it in their got it in their DNA now. Um, but you know, where 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 are these these players that are thirteen, fourteen, fifteen right now? You know that had our you know our latest generation of soccer school, so to speak, since they were seven, eight years old. Yeah. You know they're pretty much magicians with the ball now. So once they hit their you know, puberty and... Uh, well, and that 2010 team you have over there is like... Ooh. That's a special group. 2010s are special. Yeah. 2010s are special. That's... Because they're big. They're rare for the uh, old Gallagher Crest at that age. That's a big team. They are big. <clears throat> but... They are big. We, we've we've consciously um, tried to put the more athletic kid, mm-hmm. you know, into the... Yeah, you know, factory conveyor belt, so to speak, yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what it's going to produce, we'll, we'll see here in the next few years. But it's, well, it's exciting. You know, we're seeing it. And obviously the club, uh, you know, at that level, at the MLS Next, at the ECNL level, when when our St. Louis teams travel around, um, 
not only regionally, you know, you come across, especially at our age group where kids are clearly into puberty and some are really blasting through it. Some of these premier teams like Sacramento, right? When we went out to play Sacramento down in Dallas, they were beasts. They were huge. Chicago Fire at the U15 age group, I mean, they've got seven of their 11 starters are at least 5'10 plus. And we're talking eighth grade and freshmen. Mm-hmm. They're big kids. Yep. So it's it's just different. Um, yeah, they're pulling a little bit regionally yeah, now. Totally. You know, that's that's another. Well, here's here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to totally shift gears here. Music? Well, yes. Yeah, he's like at, he's, he's, he, now he's going to get giddy. Like we've been, we talk, we've been talking about soccer for 30, 40 Name minutes. Name that tune with Ken Godet. Uh, yeah, because any of you that know Ken, you follow him on socials, you know that I, his, his pride and joy more than his adopted dog, Bill, is his name that tune, Casey Morning. Well, I'm going to challenge you for one second. What's that? His actual pride and joy is probably Liam. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> I thought yeah. that's why you guys were having me on here. We haven't soccer. talked yeah. about that. So I was going to bring I'm a it up. Soccer grandpa. I, that, I, I was going to yeah, say I mean, that. Soccer grandpa. I was. I was going to wait on that. But yeah, I just. I, I just want to throw it out there because that's. I'm assuming it's. It's all that uh, bottom of the foot rolls and yeah. everything. What is he like? <laughs> Tom Byer football. Literally one <laughs> one year old, right? Just turned one. He just turned one. Yeah, yeah. he turned one last week, but. Um, kind of our thing when I see him, you know, which is as much as possible, but yeah. you know, is to um, hold, put him on my lap and then get a little mini ball and do do little touches with the bottom <laughs> of the foot, rolls and pulls. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm holding his foot. Obviously, yeah. he's not. He just turned one, so he can't do it. But uh, he's laughing and smiling. He yeah. loves it. He loves it. So it's, it's been so kind of a funny thing. And, you know, Tom Byer, if you know, you guys know Tom Byer is like the guru globally of, you know, age three, four, five, six-year-old soccer development. So I tagged him on a couple of my videos and he, he, he retweeted. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoyed, he enjoyed yeah. where I'm going here. You're uh, going to get him a contract. Lowering from age three to age age one well, let me or ask even you, age six months. The, how upset would you be or would you be if Liam goes to SLU and not IU? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and starts, you know, prefers... Thick crust pizza over uh, f- uh, what, what's your Farachis? What's your number one? Um, Sarah's, Sarah's pizza Sarah's, is that's clearly Sarah's. number one. In town. <laughs> Are we gonna talk pizza? Dude, so here's pizza the thing: pizza wings. You know, this, you got the, a ranking the, system. Yeah, yeah. This second Mattingly and St. Charles number one. This second half was going to be dedicated to Liam, uh, rock and roll, and your uh, food. Uh, top ten list. Let's you know, you 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 crush it there. Um, so here's what I wanted to do because when we started talking about the name that tune, because Casey does what is it? Thirty seconds. They five do songs. five songs in thirty seconds. Yeah. They do name the name the tune, which I'm. I, I will say I'm not great at the title. Uh, I'm more of like who sang it. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, same here. Totally with you. And if you watch me um, on my my social media. Um, you always name uh, the band. First, I always name the band first, and you wait till they say the <laughs> song I, name, and then you really quickly. Which, like, which hinders me. Like Nirvana, never mind. Yeah, after <laughs> they right. say never, not, it's like an echo. <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna challenge you though. Um, I've got a list of songs here. Is this, up. Is this like uh, gonna be like country slash nope. rock? Nope. Obscure. I thought about it because I relative. You know, I assumed neighbor. that you are a Casey guy. That rock and roll was kind of your sweet spot. Classic rock. Grew up with Casey. Yes. 
So I thought the easiest way to do this was to go straight to the source, Rolling Stone Radio and uh, RollingStone.com, and took the top 10 rock songs of all time, as you know, Rolling Stone voters all mm-hmm. agreed upon. So here's what we're going to do. We're going ro- to rip through all 10. We're going to let them play until you, you, band name or song mm-hmm. title, preferably both. Uh, let, let's see how you do here. Led Zeppelin. Um, <laughs> Van Halen. Uh, one, let the question you, you, be asked 50, fully first. You're 50% correct. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Zach, you got, you got to watch. You're going to time yeah, it real quick. I, okay. You, t- you tell me when. We're doing 10? We're going to go 10. 10 down to 1. All right. And real quick here, anybody want to try and guess what number one all time is? Stairway to heaven. Uh, all right, here we go. Ready? You ready with the time? Go. All right. Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Pink Floyd. <laughs> Zeppelin. Yes. Nirvana. All right. That would be Chuck Berry. Yeah, St. Louis guy. You might have heard of him. <laughs> All right. Freebird, Leonard Skinner. All right. That'd be the Beatles. That would be John Lennon. John Lennon. There we go. Stones. Yep. Number two. Queen. And Zach's favorite. Right. Number one. See, I listen to other shows. <laughs> Number one. What? Oh, Dylan. There. Oh my goodness. There we go. Zach. There we go. Bob Dylan. That was Is that Bob it. Dylan. That was the top ten. Wow. That, mm. that was the top rock song of all time. I've seen Rolling this list. Stones? It's the same list. They've had the same list for literally like probably going on two decades because Nirvana mm. was one of the last ones to be added to it. And I always question that one. Uh, yeah, I would I'm, do. You know, like, it's a play on the name. Rolling Stone re- magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like a Rolling Stone. Okay. I get it. That I mean, that's why it is. But it's like, come on. Have some guts. Come on. Put a real one there. Come on. Now, part two okay. of our music challenge. Okay. This one, I'm really looking forward to. And most people that are listening are going to be like, JB, you're a nerd. But I think the two of you are going to appreciate this. Oh. This is actually extra time we're going to pks it Mm is zach versus ken oh let's go yes but each of your teams are much different style we're doing the song or we're just doing band band, right because i i'm going to give you a multitude of options on this and i'll I'll explain i'll explain here in a second (laughs) ken your team is after your namesake kenny kenny loggins oh it will be danger zone your penalty shooters in order (laughs) Are Kenny Loggins songs specifically that were in movies? So you have choice. You can you can't say Kenny Loggins. You can name the song title or the movie. Okay. Now Zach, my baritone friend, I felt the need to go more towards Broadway, more theater, movie slash soundtracks. Okay, great. All right, so. Much like a, t- a traditional soccer game. Now, there's two theories. Let me ask your theory. You're a coach. You go into PKs. This is for the big one. This is state World Cup. Whatever you want to call it. You've got your five guys. Do you lead with a guarantee or do you save your guarantee till Ooh. the five slot? 
Mm, I think you lead. You got to get the momentum. I agree. I'm with you. So therefore, I, I assumed you guys would answer that way. I feel as if I put your guarantees up top and your weak Jeez, ones in the four and five slots. Yeah, every, I've totally lost everybody. You know, all my Belgian fans are like, who's Kenny Loggins? <laughs> in, you know, broken French. And Eddie. Um, yeah, Eddie's like, I don't know who Kenny Loggins is. But Eddie knows the movies, though. Here we go. I'm going to pull these up. And, Ken, you are walking up to the spot first. Ready? First shot. Top Gun. Top Gun. That was an upper 90. Easy one. All right. Song two. Grease. Oh. Why are you looking at me like that, man? Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> All right, Ken. Second shot. Footloose. Oh, that was that was upper 90 left side. Goalie guessed wrong on that one. Yeah, totally. All right, Zach, you're up. Representing Broadway Theater Rock and Roll. Hamilton. Oh, there it was. I like wow. that one. How does it song. You like this song, don't too, don't you? <laughs> All right. Third shot, Mr. Godat. See where we're going here. Caddyshack. Oh, see, there was a oh, that, yeah, that was a little bit of a, a little st- stutter step run to the <laughs> spot. Like his fingers on that one. <laughs> All right, ready, Zach. Okay. Third shot. It's a little unfair. Greatest Showman. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I had to look that up earlier because I'm like, I think he'll know this one. Hugh Jackman. I know, but I didn't know it. All right, Ken, here we go. Now it's your bottom two. Remember I said? I mean, mm-hmm. Kenny Loggins. <sighs> Again, song or movie? Can I phone a friend? Oh, I'll give you five more seconds here. Wait, I tell you what, here's what I'll do. Ready? Yeah, get to that. Oh. I'll give you a clue. Turn your hat around and then go to work. All right. That was Pass. over the top, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, wow. Mm, tough one. Yeah, that's not right? Nice. I thought we were neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, wait a second, though. Let's Couldn't see. slide oh, me the boy. answers if that's the if That's where we're going for number four. Okay. In trouble. Here we go. Broadway, fourth shooter, scores three to three. Oh, sounds like Fiddler on the Roof, but damn, he got it. Did he? I was in in Fiddler on the Roof when I was a sophomore in high school, so it's a little unfair. This one, tradition, traditions. See, all right, we got four, three. Couldn't you couldn't you give me like Jerry Garcia or something like that? <laughs> Kenny Loggins? Well, Jerry Garcia didn't do a lot of soundtrack. He wasn't a sellout like Kenny Loggins. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'll scoot it up for you here. You got. You'll know this one. Ready? Loggins, Messina. Good Luke. bass, good bass right there. Yeah, I like that. Uh, good. Right. I, I got nothing on mm, nothing. I think we're yeah. in trouble here. Yeah, this was Angry Eyes. Oh, Angry Eyes. Yeah, this, mm. and I'll be honest, my I statistician, I forgot the movie that this one was in, but it was the best I could do because I couldn't put Highway Zone in twice. 
Um, so Zach wins. I feel scammed. We'll go to the fifth shooter just for shits and grins here. Just try it. Yeah, he missed. All right, just to make. Wow. Can we tied? Are we tied? That yeah, was Mama Mia. No, oh, you're Mama still Mia. up by one. Yeah. Now, okay, let's pretend. Oh, Good you job. know what? VAR, uh, this actually ended in a tie, so we have a tiebreaker. Um, this is whoever names this one, winner takes off. Oh, head to head. Yeah. Okay. Head to head, first okay. one to name this one. Here we go. All right. Aerosmith. I will always love oh, you. Wow. That was impressive. The movie wow. is uh, the Armageddon. Movie. Wow. Boom. Damn. I, right. I uh, also nerd out on trivia. I, I, I don't know a lot about a lot of things. Or actually, I do know a lot about a lot of things. I don't know. <laughs> if you don't much say about so my, yourself. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't say that. Details right. about anything. <laughs> yes. That did not come out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> That's all right. Good thing it's on recorded for uh, everybody here. Yeah, great. <laughs> great. I mean, Kenny Loggins trivia. I got three out of four. That's, that was impressive. It, it was definitely a little bit tough. I wouldn't have gotten like, Caddyshack. I knew the song. But yeah. I did not. I that did was not like re- when the gopher popped. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, it starts shaking, right? Uh, let's get to your top 10 list. Uh, we'll, we'll condense it down to your top three. We're going to talk about burgers, pizza, and wings. Uh, let's start with the weaker of the three, wings. Wings. Um, boy. Oh, well, 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 hold on plus. a Hold on a second, though. Uh, frame it, though. Your, your whole thing was you and Toby. You yep. guys started doing this, what, COVID? Yeah, right? this, is, this has got a little... You know, soccer dad feel to it, right? I mean, Toby's my caboose, number four. Right. Um, You know, first one, Zach, big soccer player. Second one, Bailey, big big soccer player. She's up in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yep. And then Allie wasn't soccer. She was multi-sport. Okay. You know, I had to get into lacrosse and swimming and softball. (laughs) And then Toby comes down, and he's e-sports. I mean, e-sports. He, e-sports. It's <laughs> slew yep. high. You know, he's killing it at e-sports. But, you know, so we, we did we, we did wing tours. And, you know, let's, let's check out the, the local wing establishments. We started there. You know, Toby's, you know, with the e-sports, you get the, you know, YouTube yeah. Uh, hot, hot eating hot stuff, hot sauce. That's where it kind of <laughs> came from. One hot chip takes. challenge. Yep, that kind of thing. And so we started doing, you know, the wing tour around town. Um, number one for a while was a place off Lindbergh and Page called O Wing Plus. Hmm. A- Asian. Yeah. Thai. Uh, Thai. Little, little sweet and spicy. Thai chili. Thai chili wing. <clears throat> that one was number one for a while. Matting, Mattingly's. Yeah. Uh, in St. Charles, you know, right by Slicer or yeah. Mueller Fields, right there. Um, and then number right three? Right up there. Boy, I mean, number three, mm, tough one off the top of my head without seeing the list, but, yeah. you know, Fenton, Fenton Bar and Grill with the trash wings right, Those there, are, right, yeah. right by the soccer park. I mean, do you ever have it whenever they stable. do the, uh, the thigh? Basket of thighs. No. Oh my Basket gosh. of thighs. Yeah. Mm. In the same dredge that is the mm. wings. So it's good. good. So, so I, I got to throw something out there though. Yeah. So I, I, you, you've gone the tour, mm. but have you been to Crafty Chameleon in Ellisville? No. Crafty Chameleon. There you go. You need to add it to your add list. Add it to my list. Because they have uh, the big stone fire, like 
circle okay. grill. Crafty uh, chameleon. I have to they, add that in. They have pizza and wings. Okay. It's on the corner of Clarkson and Clayton. Clarkson and Clayton, yep. Yep. Good stuff. Oh, it's great. <clears throat> and uh, good place for watching soccer as well. In fact, a former really? coach is, is one of the bartenders there. I cannot remember his name now. So second food category I want to I want to bump into real quick top two uh, these my probably third favorite food group uh, cheeseburgers burgers as I pull it, up my burger list oh here. there you go yeah now when you tell us the place to please clarify smash burger or mm-hmm. a grill mm-hmm. flame broil well any guns that's a that's a high-end burger is, no, shit. is, is how much are we paying these coaches over there list, to go get it's a not a smash burger definitely oh god um, what, is it better think, than o'connell's it's really? just pure steak just they it's waggy, it up. Isn't it, or, uh, o'connell's is number um one two three four here oh that's not bad what's yeah. number two um, Max Tam Ave, yes. which I think Ooh. they moved. They did. They're we they're there. across from St. Louis Science Center they're on, on y- Oakland Avenue. Yeah, they're nice on Oakland. Now, huh? In their own place. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. Actually, Toby should be right next to it right now. He, yeah. He's at Slew High, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. next door. He could yeah. walk down there. So, and then... And then pizza. We got to do pizza. Yeah, I pizza. Mean, Sarah's number one, you know, growing We're, up in that, you know, Northwest County. Sarah's Pizza, right, sitting right there by Patton Wait, High what, What's that? What's that one that's uh, North County up off of Washington too? What's a uh, Peronis? Peronis is number four. Okay. Number one, Sarah's Farachis is Farachis number is good. two, mm-hmm. and Montebello. Montebello, which is south. One? It's south. It's all, it's like a basement. You're walking in from oh, like a yeah, house yeah, yeah. basement. Isn't it, it is off of like um, pizza? Uh, what, what, it's, it's down by Kenrick's, mm-hmm. down in that neighborhood. Yeah, right? kind of an industrial area there. Do you go to Tulane's? Is, is Tulane's on your list? Um, Are they even still I think open? it's Pizza yes. TBD, Tulane. We haven't been there. JJ I, Twigs, Double Decker? Oh, yeah. Oh. JJ Twigs, of course, the big cat, Vader, um, flipping that pie. Um, yep, right there. Double Decker's probably number 10 or so. Mm-hmm. You're, but you're a thin crust guy. You're a thin yeah, crust, St. Louis style. Uh, yeah, Those yeah. are all St. Did, yeah. did you ever do Guido's on the hill? Uh, Charlie Guido's? No, Guido's. Guido's. Mm, don't, don't see that on my list. All right, pop that on there. See where that is. still open, though? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Guido's is they... killing it. Yeah. Oh. They, they were a block down from the studio yeah, right no. there on Shaw. Uh, it, it's my favorite St. Louis style what's pizza. What's the Barcelona bar right there? That... Yeah, it's Guido's. Guido's yeah, top I thought they got bought, that building got bought out. No. No? No, okay. no, no. That's... Old couple, uh, she's from Italy, he's from Spain, there's a bullhead and yeah, it's great. a bunch of pasta. It's great it's tapas and pizza and pasta and yeah. Pizza. So, uh, But Sarah's is clearly number one pizza. And I gotta be honest, I've never been. Me either. Mm. I, but I will. I, I've tried. I actually tried. S-E-R-R-A-S, Sarah's Pizza. Okay. Like Buona Sera. Beautiful, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Midnight in Italian. Ken's like, it's just good pizza, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> Same decor since the 70s. Yeah. You haven't Sounds changed awesome. it, Lick. So, all right, Ken, I really appreciate your time, man. Oh, this, this has been this, great. This has been fun. We're, we're definitely going to coming up. Yeah, we're definitely going to do it again because I think that we've we barely touched on a few oh. of the deep end soccer topics. Um, I highly encourage and would love for you to. Um, 
You know, line me up with some of your peeps. Let's get a. They can dial in. I mean, we can call anybody right now. I heard Petcher's coming on. He is. Uh, Shire. Well, apparently him and Shire are really tight. They yep. were yeah. neighbors. Well, Pat, Petch told me he's coming on. He's excited about it. I love it. You know, because he's. Uh, you know, Steamers. He, yeah, he comes at it from. Legend. Uh, you know, a different lane. It's all the same pedigree, though. I mean, let's be honest. He, the, he he's recycling back down. I saw him with a two two thousand fourteen. Oh, wow. that's what I saw. The, the, I saw him on a creep core. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming back down. Is it? Oh man, I can't imagine coming to back down in age. <laughs> it's funny because you know, I don't know age how you guys coaches. do. It. Like I love it, and you know, and, and I I barely coached uh, Keller a little bit in the Webster world because Kim was like, "You're gonna do it." You know, mm-hmm. it was it wasn't like. Oh, I think it'd be fun. I was told I will do it. <laughs> uh, with Beckett, I did one year with him on Classic. It was the kind of in between Shamatero and then Zuniga, um, mm-hmm. and and I enjoyed it. And Max is now like <clears throat> my third uh, dad. When are you gonna coach me? And I'm like, well, you're not old enough for me to yell at you and not cry yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm excited about Max. I just you know he um, living in those two shadows. Fourteen, thirteen. Yeah, 13. he's 13. Yep. Um, he pulls his hair back like Big Brother, oh, yeah. and he's just like... He's got the man bun going. He's got the man bun going. I tell you what, though. Uh, Beckett's rocking the top nut, Halan style. Mm, the top nut. He was staying... Is was, that what it's called now? The top nut. Yeah, he was getting ready for... Uh, top ba- well, not. Not. Yeah, K-N-O-T. Top nut. Okay. It's kind of like... That's part. what Max has, the top knot. Yeah, because it's not man long bun. enough to go back. Right. You know, Becca was uh, doing it the other day, and he's sitting there staring at himself, and then he's looking at Holland on Instagram, then he's looking at himself, and I'm like, oh, dude, stop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Max, though, you know, talking about coaching, I feel bad because I know that I would, I would enjoy it. I enjoy being around it, but, like, I don't have the temperament at that size yet. I was really good between 10 and 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can kind of get into them a little bit. So kudos to you for five up and not losing your shit. So Yeah, yeah. I, I only have one more question, which is what should we have asked you? What were you, Boy. Were there, was, was there a question you were like, they're definitely going to ask me this? Mm. Or well, was there one that we should have asked you? Uh, off, off the field. I mean, trying to build these kids off the field is a is a big piece of what um, I try to do. Um, you know, I strongly feel that you know development on the field. You got to get that character. You got to you got to you got to develop that. You know, core values, pushing the core values, and you know, the upper ninety program. You know, for Gallagher is our off the field yeah, community yeah. outreach. Oh. That's where we're going next time. And, sure. yeah. you know, that, that's, that's a major piece of development. Um, you know, you got to have good character uh, on, these, on these kids. And, and so, you know, I definitely wanted to, wanted to talk about that as being a huge priority for um, inspiring this U6 to U12 world that I, I live in yeah. um, is, is development off the field. And, you know, the Upper 90 program um, has been, been a special piece of that for Gallagher you know, raising, raising money for those in need and getting out in the community and, um, you know, all that type of stuff, your kids, you know, Grady and, um, you know, all the Andersons and just have been (laughs) so involved, you know, you yourself, (laughs) JB, raising money yourself, uh, you know, putting on that concert last summer, um, you know, to raise money for living legacy kids in need. 
uh, financial need. You know, that's, that's so important and it just instills those values. Um, you know, so they are, they are good kids off the field. And I think that, you know, that, that's going to stick with them, you know, longer than, than the on the field stuff, you know, so hopefully they can pass that on for, for the next generations as well. So anyways, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, you know, it's upper nineties near and dear to my heart and and you guys were a big piece of that. So. Yeah, well, so that's the thing, listeners, if you made it this far, no matter what, if you didn't, you'll see the, uh, I'll be tagging you in all the social posts also. Uh, give Ken a follow, give the club a follow, because if you have interest, you want to learn, or you just want to participate in any of these uh, uh, charity ende- endeavors, because at the end of the day, if Gallagher had its druthers, if it had its you know dream, there would be no pay to play. You would right. be a macro club to take on anybody. Yep. Um, you know, and you guys, you guys walk the walk though. You do a lot of things to make that happen through mm-hmm. living legacies, scholarship foundations, things like that. And then yep. the upper ninety program moving into the uh, east of Skinker, right? The uh, sure. the other side of the tracks, north of Del Mar, and down into the uh, um, ethnic neighborhoods. You know, and kudos to you because there's plenty of clubs that will. Never, never do that. Yeah. Um, so we have um, a really good, good group that we train at St. Mary's and Forest Park. Yeah. Um, you know, our city program, so to speak, we call it, they call themselves South Side because they're mainly at St. Mary's. Um, but, you know, immigrants, refugees, and, and they don't, pl- they don't pay to play. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Gallagher families, you know, step up and, and donate funds to the upper 90 so they so they can play. And, yeah. you know, then the living legacy is, is you know, a, a you know, scholarship program, um, you know, that keeps keeps kids in the club, you know, playing that, that can afford it. So yeah. Yeah, I think the next episode we have you on, Ken, I think it should be with timing related to a drive. Or timing related to yeah. an event where oh, yeah. you, you want to push. Let's bring on some of the kids. Yeah, and, 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 and truly make it about that part of your passion. Because yep. we'll, put, we'll put a tip bucket up. We there only talked about the on field stuff today. Yeah. Really. We try to get the kid like <laughs> and we pizza. you know, we and, well, yeah. the parents, as you guys know, oh, yeah. paid so much, pay so much. So we try to get when we do these drives to raise money for our city program or you know, whoever. Um, we try to get the kids to raise the money themselves to yeah. get, get out and do some chores around the neighborhood, yep. shovel the driveways. You know, your kids, JB, are unbelievable at that. Um, and then, you, know, <laughs> you, well, you up, met Kim, right? Coming <laughs> up with 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah. Pay for their own groceries, man. They're huge. Yeah. <laughs> so well, get, getting thank- the kids to do, to do these chores to, to pay for an upper 90 program is, 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 is special. So, well, JB already said it and I know we're, we're wrapping up, but I just, I, I wanted to thank you again for coming on and yep. thank you for all the work you've done with kids in this region for so long. That it, 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 talk about a living legacy. It's, it's just un, unbelievable. So kudos to you. I know JB, you're going to close us out here with something yeah. special. So uh, yeah, we're gonna, I appreciate that guys. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to toss, toss a little love, uh, <clears throat> KG's way. He knows this one for sure. Right. Oh, got a little VH here, huh? Yeah, I saw that T-shirt today, and I'm like, we got to close out with the Van Halen. So uh, appreciate Love it. 
sitting down with you, man. We'll do this again. Thanks, guys. Um, thank you for listening. Keep it going. Give us a follow. Um, email us. Seriously, I was joking about that earlier, but it's actually a real email address. Uh, SoccerDadPod at gmail.com. Uh, give us some ideas, and if you want to uh, send us money, we like that too. So Always. We'll see you next time. All right. Part later. two. Thank you. See you later.